1: have been placed on mute to prevent any background noise. After the speaker's results or remarks, there will be a question and answer session. If you would like to ask a question during this time, simply press star, then the number one on your telephone keypad. If you would like to withdraw your question, please press the pound key. Thank you. Mr. Mark Davis, President and Chief Executive Officer, you may begin your conference.
2: Thank you, Operator, and good morning, ladies and gentlemen. In these truly unprecedented circumstances, I hope you are all safe and well. And we thank you for joining us today. Before I commence the review I would like to remind you our presentation contains certain forward-looking statements that are based on current expectations and are subject to a number of uncertainties and risks and actual results may differ materially. Further information identifying risks, uncertainties, and assumptions and additional information on certain non-IFRS measures referred to in this call can be found in the disclosure documents filed by Chemtrade with the securities regulatory authorities available at SADAR.com. One of the non-IFRS measures we'll refer to on this call is adjusted EBITDA, which is EBITDA modified to exclude only non-cash items such as unrealized foreign exchange gains and losses. For simplicity, we will just refer to it as, as opposed to adjusted EBITDA. Both of these terms are fully defined in our MDNA. COVID-19 has turned all of our worlds upside down. We are all affected in one way or another, and we send our sincere best wishes to all of you to stay safe and to stay healthy. As usual, Rofi Bardwaj is on the call today, but due to the pandemic, we are doing this call virtually and are in different locations. ChemTrade, as you may be aware, falls under the essential business classification under the US state and Canadian provincial orders. Our employees' health and safety have been our highest priority as all of our operations have continued. We have implemented measures to ensure that our employees can continue, to, can continue their work safely and that we can continue to supply our customers. I would like to start this call by thanking each member of our workforce for their dedication and performance during these trying times. Specifically, I want to acknowledge and thank them for their adherence to all the safety precautions we put in place, watching out for each other, and their individual efforts in the communities where they live. They have truly been outstanding. In this morning's call, Rohit will provide a brief review of our first quarter results and an update on liquidity. As you will note from our news release yesterday, our Q1 results were not significantly affected by COVID-19. The focus on COVID and its future effects take our attention away from our first quarter results. Rohit will detail these, but from an operating sense, the improvements we implemented continue to bring benefits. SPPC sustained the improvements it realized in 2019. Our water business continued to improve, and our EC segment was affected by caustic pricing which will in time turn in our favor. The focus and concern over COVID
3: minimizes
2: the many challenges the business faced and overcame in the first quarter. This includes the rail blockade which received a lot of press in Q1 but was another issue overcome by the business and again thanks to the improvements we made and the efforts of our employees. Following our hits review I'll have some comments on the current economic environment for ChemTrade and, to the extent we can, some comments on our outlook for the balance of the year. Rohit. Thanks, Mark,
4: and I hope everyone is doing well. Good morning. Before I comment on our first quarter results, I wanted to mention a non cash item that affected our results. As we mentioned for the last number of quarters, our water business continues to improve and is one of our businesses in which demand should not be adversely affected by COVID-19. Having said that, and despite continually improving results, COVID-19 has resulted in everyone facing increasing business risks and thus a higher imputed cost of capital. Due to this increased cost of capital, we were required to record a goodwill impairment in our water business of $56 million. This morning's discussion, will exclude this non-cash goodwill impairment charge. Looking first at the aggregate results for the first quarter of 2020, revenue was 306.9 million million, a decrease of $18.4 million from 2019. The revenue decrease was primarily due to lower volumes of sulfuric acid in the sulfur products and performance chemicals or SPPC segment and lower prices for caustic soda and hydrochloric acid in the electrochem or EC segment. These decreases more than offset higher selling prices for sulfuric acid and higher sales volume for water products. Aggregate EBITDA for the first quarter of 2020 was $80.9 million compared with $44 million in the first quarter of 2019, which included a $40 million litigation reserve. For the first quarter this year, EBITDA for our businesses was $10.4 million lower than last year, and ignoring the litigation reserve, corporate expenses were $7.3 million better. Distributable cash after maintenance capital expenditures for the first quarter was $38.2 million, or 41 cents per unit. As announced on March 11th, effective with our March distribution, which was paid on April 30th, We reduced our distribution rate to $0.05 per unit, making distributions declared for the first quarter $0.25 per unit. Now turning to segmented results for the quarter, SPPC generated revenue of $113 million compared with $131.1 million in 2019. EBITDA for the quarter was $34.6 million, which was $2.9 million lower than 2019. Selling prices for merchant sulfuric acid were higher this year. This higher higher prices for merchant acid allowed us to maintain our margins for acid products even though we received substantially less volume from our byproduct suppliers. For the segment as a whole, EBITDA was slightly down from last year as the steady margins for acid products were offset by lower contributions from sodium hydrosulfite and sulfur. Our Water Solutions and Specialty Chemicals segment or WSSC reported first quarter revenue of $113.3 million compared with $105.4 million in 2019. EBITDA substantially improved to $25.7 million from the $18.1 million generated in 2019. Our water products continue to improve, contributing about half of the segment's year-over-year improvement. The improvement was driven by increased alum selling price and volume, while our raw material costs remained stable. Our other pro- water products also enjoyed generally higher volumes and prices. During the first quarter, as a result of changes in the uh, macroeconomic conditions, we did record a $5,600 goodwill impairment charge. Although this CGU's operating performance has been improving, this higher discount rate resulted in this within the segment specialty chemicals EBITDA was higher than 2019 primarily due to stronger results from phosphorus pentasulfide or P2S5. While our water products should continue to have success over the balance of the year, the outlook for P2S5 is not as positive as we expect demand for automotive lubricants, which is the end market for P2S5, for the balance of the year to be adversely affected by COVID-19. Our EC segment reported revenue of $140.5 million for the first quarter of 2020, which was $8.2 million lower than the same period of 2019. The lower revenue was due to lower selling prices for caustic soda and lower volume in prices for hydrochloric acid. Despite the end market diversification we have achieved, HCL volume continued to struggle Due to the downturn in the fracking industry. From an EBITDA perspective, EBITDA of $32.9 million for the first quarter of 2020 was $15.2 million lower than the same period of 2019. This was primarily due to lower selling prices for both caustic soda and HCL. Our Brazil operation also reported lower EBITDA compared to the same period last year. Maintenance capex in the first quarter were $11 million. Maintenance capex in 2020 is difficult to predict primarily because of the uncertainty of being able to find contractors to carry out the work due to the pandemic. If we are able to hire contractors, we estimate maintenance capex of about $80 million for 2020, although it is quite possible that we will not spend the entire amount. Excluding unrealized foreign exchange gains, corporate costs during the first quarter of 2020 were $12.4 million, compared with $59.7 million in the first quarter of 2019. 2019 costs include the $40 million litigation reserve. Even excluding this reserve, 2020 costs were $7.3 million lower, primarily due to lower incentive compensation accruals. Turning to liquidity, which we know is high on everyone's agenda, we maintain ample liquidity. Between cash on hand and our undrawn revolving facility, we have approximately U.S. $200 million available as liquidity. Regarding debt maturities, we have no maturities within the next 12 months. Our senior credit facility does not mature until October of 2024. We are in compliance with all our bank covenants. Further, in light of the current uncertain economic climate, we have negotiated an amended covenant package on our senior credit facility, which provides us with additional covenant room over the next two years. I will now hand the call back to Mark.
2: Mark? Thanks, Rohit. Uh, because it's so topical these days, I wanted to underscore what we just noted, which is that we do not have any liquidity concerns and are in compliance with all of our bank covenants. Despite these uncertain times, we'll try to provide some relevant information about the balance of 2020. Recall that in early 2020, we issued guidance for the year that we have now suspended. At a high level, the midpoint of our guidance would have resulted in ChemTrade generating sufficient cash to satisfy all of our obligations and to cover our historical distribution rate of $1.20 per year. we became aware of the potential economic effects of COVID-19, we moved aggressively to possession ChemTrade for this downturn. After 13 years of maintaining a distribution rate of $0.10 cents per month, we reduced our monthly distribution by 50%. This increased our liquidity by about $55 million a year. Subject to all the uncertainties I will discuss, we expect that we will generate sufficient distributable cash during this unprecedented year to satisfy all of our obligations and to sustain our current distribution rates. The uncertainty of this pandemic makes it very difficult to estimate future earnings with any degree of specificity. This lack of specificity is what led us to withdraw our guidance. Since the chemical industry is an essential industry, our facilities have continued to operate. Our team has done an outstanding job throughout this pandemic, operating safely, overcoming obstacles, and keeping our customers supplied. In our case, it's not a question of whether we can continue to operate or whether there will be demand for our products. The question is how much will demand be affected by the shutdown or slowdown of much of the economy and how long will this stay last? Although we are still in very uncertain times, we have now been through a couple of months of widespread restrictions and and have had time to talk to our customers. While we we will not yet be reinstituting guidance, we can make some comments on how the pandemic is affecting our business in the second quarter and how it may affect the balance of the year. At the highest level, our two largest concerns caused by COVID are its effect on the oil and gas industry and the ability for Chemtrade and its customers to perform maintenance turnarounds safely during COVID. Having said that, certain segments of our business, such as our products that help purify drinking water, are not suffering from reduced demand during the pandemic. Turning to some more specifics, in the Outlook section of our mDNA, we set out the following. While we can no longer provide definitive guidance, a definitive guidance EBITDA range, we can give you our current view of certain of our guidance assumptions. Our current views of these assumptions could be wrong, and we specifically caution that this is a very fluid situation. Our comments below are based largely on input from our customer base, which can and likely will change over time. Accordingly, the following comments should be read with extreme care, and given the fluidity of the situation, we will not update these comments until our next MDNA. Comments on certain key elements contributing to ChemTrade's earnings are as follows. First, COVID-19 related restrictions substantially reduced demand for gasoline and thus demand for regen services. We expect this to have a significant negative impact effect in the second quarter of 2020, and will slowly improve over the balance of the year, but still ending the year well below normal demand. We expect that none of the principal manufacturing facilities set out in our annual information form Suffer will incur any significant unplanned downtime. However, due to the deferral of certain maintenance turnarounds and the future availability of contractors to perform the required maintenance, there could be an effect on the reliability of our operations. Key assumptions in our EC segment are as follows: we now expect North American MECU production volume of approximately 170,000 tons limited primarily by demand for chlorine and HCl products. If demand for these products decreases further, our production will decrease. Conversely, if demand increases, production could be higher. We now expect the 2020 average caustic price will be stable for the year. North American production volume of sodium chlorate will be approximately 400,000 metric tons. We now think a foreign exchange rate of use, 72 cents per Canadian one dollar, and we also expect our maintenance capital expenditures to, raise about, to range about 80 million dollars. Our ability to spend this amount is largely dependent on the availability of needed contractors. Our lease payments range between 5 and 60 million dollars. Cash interest. Excluding the impact of IFRS 16 should be between 70 and 75 million dollars and cash taxes between 5 and 10 million dollars. So again, as a general statement, decreased demand from oil and gas industry is the main negative effect on chem trade. This affects both our regen business, linked to refineries producing gasoline, and the fracking industry which uses hydrochloric acid and is linked to production rates of our chloralkali plant. And I'll give you a a little more color on those uh, assumptions I just laid out. First, starting with our SPPC segment, sulfuric acid. Recall that we sell acid to three markets, regen acid to the refining industry, merchant acid to the North American general industry, and ultra-pure acid to the semiconductor industry. First, and perhaps the most obvious area uh, that COVID affects us is refinery production. In a typical recession, cheaper crude oil, hence cheaper gasoline prices at the pump, somewhat mitigate the effect of the recession, and therefore the reduction in refinery utilization rates is usually not too significant. Clearly, it's different this time, as with very few cars on the road, gasoline production is down substantially. It's very expensive for our major refinery customers to completely shut down. Therefore, we expect refineries to run at historically low rates, but that they will continue to operate. This affects our regen business. We believe that refineries will operate in Q2 at rates approximately 35% lower than last year which is essentially the lowest rate our refinery customers can operate without fully shutting down their facilities. We expect a slight improvement in Q3, and for Q4 to be better than Q3, but still about 15% lower than what we had assumed in our original 2020 guidance. The positive side of this is that as the economy regains its footing and people start to drive more, we expect refineries' production rates will improve, and with that, so will our regen earnings. We believe this is a direct COVID-related downturn, and it will be remedied as the effect of pandemic lessons. Merchant sulfuric acid demand is also down due to the general reduction in industrial manufacturing activity. As we have noted before, sulfuric acid is one of the main raw materials for the production of water treatment chemicals. This lets us consider placing more of the sulfuric acid we generally sell to the industrial market into our own water chemical business, instead of sourcing from third parties. Despite our ability to self-supply, we believe that the extreme slowdown of industrial demand will be a downside in the second quarter, and a lesser extent to the third quarter for merchant acid. We expect that by the fourth quarter, there will be sufficient demand between self-supply and general industry demand that we will return to more normal earnings. Finally, ultra-pure acid. To date, our customers have not indicated any change to their operations, and thus our demand for this product should continue unaffected by COVID. So as a general statement, in our SPPC segment, the most significant effect of COVID-19 should be the downturn in refining operating rates. We believe that Q2 will see the most significant effect and it should slowly improve over the rest of the year. Turning to our EC segment, I want to comment on both of its main products. On both of its main products, chloralkali and chlorate. First, alkali. As noted, the biggest COVID-related effects are from the oil and gas industry. SPPC is affected by refined operating rates. Uh, EC is affected by activity in the fracking industry. Our original guidance forecast, MECU production was 190,000 tons in 2020. Recall that we must make and sell either chlorine or HCL in order to make and sell caustic. Thus, our operating rates are determined by the of chlorine or hydrochloric acid that we can sell. Our original guidance was based on converting about 39 percent of our chlorine into HCl. HCl is a key component in fracking oil and gas and is a major end market for us. In 2019, We actively and successfully diversified our HCL customer base, adding end-use customers outside the fracking industry. Nevertheless, we still intended to sell approximately 40% of our HCL into the fracking industry. As a result of both COVID and low oil prices, the fracking industry has suffered a significant downturn. Our chlorine demand has increased which offsets some but not all of the HCL demand that has been lost. The result is that, again, based on our current views, our 2020 MECU production will be limited to 170,000 tons or about 10% less than our original guidance due to lower chlorine HCL demand. For the co-product caustic soda, we had assumed Northeast Asia spot price uh, which is a key determinant of our pricing would be flat for the first half of 2020 from where it ended in 2019 and that it would increase by about 15 percent over the second half of 2020. we still feel comfortable about our first half projection but are now assuming that the index will be flat for the balance of the year over time, we will be able to have more chlorine, and the fracking industry should improve, but we do not foresee either of these events occurring for the balance of 2020. Longer term, as we have been saying, we believe that caustic pricing will increase for a number of years as the worldwide economy regains its footing and the macro-caustic supply-demand balances tighten up again. Turning to chlorate, Again, as a reminder, sodium chloride is used to bleach pulp. Bleached pulp is used to make paper, but also tissue, diapers, and similar uses. Our, with our suspended guidance detailed our assumption that we would sell 420,000 tons in 2020. To date, we are tracking this assumption, and our customers have indicated they expect some softness later this year. So, we now expect to produce about 5% less chlorate than our original guidance. While tissue and related demand has been strong, there has been significant weakness of paper demand in North America. As noted, this will have a negative effect on us, but not to the same magnitude as the oil and gasoline downturns I've already discussed. Finally, I want to make some brief comments on our water products. Not surprisingly, our water products, primarily used to treat drinking water, have seen no reduction in demand. This business continues to experience improved performance over its 2019 results. While this is good news, the improvement is not sufficient to offset the expected weaknesses in the rest of our businesses that I've outlined above. Those conclude our comments on demand expectations but I want to briefly comment on operations and foreign exchange. We announced last month that we had postponed the major turnaround of our North Vancouver plant. The same is true for our other plant turnarounds and for those of our customers. A plant turnaround requires a number of outside workers as well as a supply chain of parts and equipment. Until the COVID environment stabilizes, most of heavy industry has deferred what maintenance work they can. We are conducting whatever work we can to ensure that we operate safely. However, we do have a concern that as turnarounds are delayed, the reliability of our plants and our customers' plants could suffer. And finally, the only good news out of all of this, if you can call it that, is that the lower Canadian dollar helps us our original guidance had assumed a Canadian dollar valued at 77 cents, while it's now trading at roughly 71 and a half cents. This is expected to have a favorable impact of about $11 million for the last three quarters of 2020. However, this is dependent on how our business performs over the rest of the year and on changes in the exchange rate. So in summary, this year, we expect to generate sufficient distributable cash to satisfy our obligations and to fund our distributions. Demand for some of our products will suffer in 2020, while other products will not suffer. And We do expect that as the economy returns, demand will return to more normal rates and our earnings will improve. Thank you, Operator. That concludes our remarks, and we'd be happy to answer any questions.
1: Okay, thank you, gentlemen. And just a reminder: in order to ask a question, simply press star, then the number one on your telephone keypad. We'll pause for just a moment while we compile the Q and A roster. Your first question comes to the line up, Bria Murphy of BMO Capital Markets. Your line is open.
0: Hi, this is Bria Murphy on for Joel Jackson, thanks for taking my question. Um, Given limited COVID-19 related impacts in Q1 and obviously the expectation that some of your businesses will be materially impacted in the coming quarters, do you expect Q1 to represent the highest quarter for earnings for the year?
2: Yes. Okay,
0: thanks. and then just maybe on the um, water business, obviously the margins were quite strong in the first quarter. Were there any one-time mix effects in Q1, and how sustainable do you think um, these strong margins are going forward?
2: So, so we think the business, as we said, has improved and continues to improve. The, the one thing we are watching is whether or not Some municipalities might have pre-ordered to make sure their supply chain stayed strong in the the face of COVID, but most people don't have that much storage, so we expect the business to continue strong. Rahit, did you want to add anything? Uh, No, I think that's a fair comment, Mark. Yeah.
0: Okay, and then just one last quick one for me. How do you expect corporate costs to trend in 2020 versus 2019 levels?
4: so if you look at corporate costs as we pointed out they were really low in q1 we had net reversals in our long term incentive accruals so our range uh, for uh, uh, you know corporate costs is annually is about 65 to 70 million dollars we expect the same keeping in mind that there is a, a us component to our corporate costs so with the lower canadian dollar uh, we will see, uh, you know, uh, corporate costs being higher than they would have been last year, but they should still fall within that 65 to $70 million range.
1: Thank you. And your next question comes to the line of Jacob out of CIBC. The line is open. Good
5: morning. Good, morning. Good morning. Yeah, I wanted to start with the SPPC. Um the volumes that you're seeing overall in that segment in uh, have they been in April versus what you saw in,
2: in first quarter? Uh, l- lower is they started trending down. I guess at the at, right at the end of, of March, really. But you know, April is is reflective of the comments we gave on guidance. Right, regen down substantially, merchant down around the edges.
5: So thirty percent, forty percent. I think we said thirty. I
2: think we said thirty-five percent for Regen. Okay,
5: and then um, has there been any improvement, or has it just steadily gotten worse as you kind of proceeded through the second quarter?
3: There's a
2: lot of noise out there. Um, So, look, we're only uh, I guess we guess for a month and a half into 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 the quarter, and. We all watch the news, and I think the thing I saw yesterday was 26 million more Americans were moving around last week than the week before, right? So, you know, that should have, you know, if that keeps up, you know, is is maybe the refineries have hit the trough. Um, but we've had some stuff that's been better and some stuff that's been worse. So it's it's we'll just have to wait and see.
5: I mean can you remind us again regen volumes as a percentage of overall SPPC?
2: Sorry right
4: here yeah. uh, we said about 40% or so uh, of uh, SPPC would be regen?
5: Okay. Um, and then on the on the EC side um you know as we think about North Band um How should we think about, you know, fixed versus uh, variable cost at North Van?
2: Uh,
4: I can, uh, maybe I can take that one. So it's, uh, you know, we do uh, have a pretty high variable margin in that business. And the reality with most of our chemical plants is that, you know, so long as you're operating, even if you're operating at 75, 80% of capacity, there's really not much fixed cost that you can shed because, you know these are automated plants, and you tend to have a certain minimum crew that you run so while there may be some maintenance and some other costs, but by and large, the fixed costs kind of remain intact okay,
5: and sir, you said up to seventy five percent
4: no no I, I would i mean it's it's maybe if you you know if you, because these plants are not designed to run. You know, less than 24-hour shifts, by and large. So you do end up—you just turn it down. So you really won't shed costs unless you decide yeah. to
2: start operating in a different manner. You—you yeah. you should assume our fixed costs are fixed uh, are, are fixed, and actually, the reduction in volume we actually talk about is, is pure margin hurt. We're not going to be able to save our way to to mitigate that in cost cool.
5: And then yeah, you, he made a. Uh, uh In the commentary on cost of prices, I think you said the second quarter um, you know w- w- prices should be you know relatively stable through the remainder of the year um you know and and if we look at you know some of the industry publications they talk about you know cost of prices moving higher in the u s Gulf you know how are cost of prices in second qu- quarter versus what you what you saw in first quarter
2: for you? You so, know, you know, caustic caustic prices have again. Remember, we we our customers and we have a big reliance on what happens to that Northeast Asia index, and prices fell awfully far on that index, below actually where the year ended. But they've now started to come back, right? So, you know, is we've seen pretty stable caustic pricing through the year and. And as you heard from our comments, is that's kind of what we're assuming for the balance of the year. If you read the report, you're reading, and and we do too, is it looks like there could be um, some more upward movement in caustic pricing as the chlorine derivatives have actually demand has fallen quicker. Um, And we look, we hope that that's so, and hope that it lasts for a while. But we're assuming pricing is flat for the year. Okay. Uh,
1: I'll leave it there. Thank you. Thanks. And our next question comes in line of David Newman of Desjardins. Your line is open. Good morning. This is Chile speaking in for David Newman. Uh, thank you morning. very much Thanks. for taking our questions. And
0: uh, thank you for the color earlier, very helpful. Um, so our first questions come uh, is regarding chlorine and HCl. Um, you said that chlorine has been down a bit because of the industrial activity, and HCl has obviously been impacted by and gas as well. Um, Do you plan to have any adjustment from the normal conversion rate of um, 35-37%? Yes,
4: so we're expecting...
2: Go ahead, 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 Mark.
4: Okay, Okay, Uh, I was was going to say that we're expecting, we had said 40% was what we had thought we would be at for chlorine conversion to HCl. We now think it's going to be around 30%. And... uh, so, you know, that is kind of the, uh, the reduction that we're forecasting right now based on <clears throat> reduced demand industrially and from the fracking. So even though we had diversified away from the fracking industry, we still had, you know, uh, a fair bit of amount of going into fracking, and now we see that even dropping to maybe 25%. So 25% uh,
0: to 30% for now.
4: Yeah. All right. Um,
0: and uh, regarding uh, coming back to the caustic solar in Northeast Asia, um, we've seen that a uh, weak uh, domestic price in China costs uh, more exports to buy. And also, the automatic uh, auto manufacturing plants are coming back in China, which can boost the uh, chlorine uh, usage. So, do you think this can make um, if it can result in more supply in the export market and probably driving down the caustic price?
2: You know, is is we don't, you know, I guess that's the uh, is is the question there too. Is what happens to the uh, aluminum producers and other caustic demand within China? Is right now the the mm-hmm.
3: views seem
2: to be that caustic demand is actually held over there more than the chlorine derivatives. So there's been an upward pressure on caustic pricing, which, as you know, is good for us, yeah. but um, if I'm leery, frankly, to forecast supply-demand characteristics in North America, I'm even more leery to forecast them in Asia. I can just add one
4: thing to that. If You, you mentioned the automotive industry. So, as well we know, actually, that uh, automotive industry uses slightly more caustic than chlorine, so, you know, it's somewhat balanced, but if you're going to go, it actually takes a bit more conflict. So, you know, if, if that industry picks up, it should be actually slightly positive.
0: I see. Very helpful. Thank you. And uh, maybe just fishing here to SPPC, um, is, the, uh, is the Regen asset uh, pro with the refinery utilization rate so that if you see refinery going down by 35% Regen will also go down by the same amount?
2: Uh, yeah y- y- yes um, and I'm just pausing because it, you know that that's a really good wrapper of a statement, but the other statement is that is that uh, generally specific refineries uh, spent acid goes to specific of our regen plants so so and and most of our regen plants don't just get product from one refinery, right? So if all of the refineries that were served by a particular plant go down 35%, you know, probably, you know, their alkaline production goes down by 35%. Probably their regen, product, uh, regen production goes down. But it's a little bit of a mix and match, right?
0: I see. Um, maybe just the last question regarding the Richmond turnaround. So I assume that you postponed the small turnaround in Q1 and, that in turn can delay the Q4 big turnaround as well. is there any have you heard anything from the big uh, refiners that
2: uh, you can do a
0: turnaround with?
2: We still think that Q4 we're still planning on that Q4 turnaround happening. They, the refinery really needs to make it happen and, and we keep planning on, on that to happen. so I'm pretty sure that one happens. some of the other ones I'm more concerned about.
1: Okay. Right, thank you very much. That's all for me. thanks. And just a reminder, in order to ask a question, simply press star, the number one, on your telephone keypad. Your next question comes line of Ben Isaacson of Scotiabank. The line is open.
3: Thank you. Um, first question is on the debt covenants. Can you just talk about what those old covenants uh, were and what the new ones are? Sure. So
4: the two key covenants are uh, debt senior debt to EBITDA, as a reminder, senior debt excludes our convertible debentures, so it's really our bank debt. And then the other one is uh, an earnings uh, and interest coverage. Uh, and, and again, as a reminder, our entire previous credit agreement is on SEDAR. It's unredacted. It was posted in about April of 2017. Uh, the covenant uh, for the debt to EBITDA, which is the main one, was 421, and it was, in, it was meant to step down to 3.75 at the, end of the year. And now we've, uh, we'll be posting our, our amendment uh, shortly, but you will see that the allowable covenant is over five times. Uh, we, you know, I've always been prudent and we like to have ample room. We don't ever get squeezed or get even anywhere near close to a to uh, covenant. We try and have at least a one-turn room or, or near one-turn room in it. So, You will see that that you will see the covenant step up, and then you will see it gradually step down over the next couple of years.
3: And the interest coverage?
4: The interest coverage uh, goes from three to two and a quarter, and then slowly
3: steps back up to three over the next couple of years. Great, thank you. Um, My next question is on the sensitivity of your maintenance capex. If you are not able to spend it, can you talk about how Low, the reliability of the plants can go. No, I, I, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't mean to be brother is, is
2: is we're we're doing work as we can to actually make sure our plants uh, stay reliable. Is is there? There's I look. Most of our turnarounds, I believe, are going to happen,
3: okay. and
2: we're going and we're going to fix the most important things. Is we We share the concern because um, we're concerned, right? is yeah. is the more people you have on site are the more potential spreaders of 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 the virus. and to the extent that we can minimize that, we will, but we still want to do the work. So I suspect most of our work is going to get done. Uh, some of it might get pushed, but our concern is finding contractors.
3: Got it. That's helpful. And then, um, last question is, if you could just bridge your outlook of uh, stable caustic pricing for the remainder of the year, roughly, to your optimism uh, longer term, and kind of, is, is that going to be demand driven? I mean, what are you looking for in, in that bridge from stability to more optimism? Yeah. So, so if if,
2: if you if you remember right, is that so? ex COVID uh, is. The general statement is caustic demand grows by GDP every year. And there's been no new capacity announced. Right. So the so the macro thesis of all the market experts has been that as demand continues to grow, is you know, supply demand gets tighter and tighter and pricing goes up. And the pricing that Caustic has to reach um, to justify reinvestment economics is hundreds of dollars above where Caustic is currently selling for. Uh, so if you looked, and frankly, I don't have it in front of me, but if you looked on our, on our website, I think in January of our latest business update is we actually show IHS's forecast. This was from January of actually price increases for the next expected for the next I think five years, and by memory I think it, it was supposed to go up by fifty dollars or something like that, you know, uh, in twenty twenty one, and then by maybe another two hundred dollars over the next number of years. So I'm looking at you know, I'm, I'm 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 cosmically uh, discerning, <laughs> I'm nodding at my statements. So a big big generic statement is, if you took that forecast from January, and look, because everyone needs to redo stuff from then, is when the world stabilizes again, there's arguably $300 million US, $300 US of price increase on caustic, over 220,000 tons of production. That's kind of the the carrot out
3: there. Okay, and then just to follow up, just, just to come back to the debt covenants, can you just tell me what the net debt to EBITDA covenant metric was at the end of the uh, quarter, please? Sure. We were at about 3.3 uh, uh, 3 times. And that's an LTM? Uh, yeah,
4: it's, it's an LTM, yeah.
3: So, right. so
4: I should point I should point out one other thing is that most of our debt is in U.S. dollars. So <laughs> on an LTM basis, a lower Canadian dollar helps us, but – when there are spikes in the exchange rate like they were at the end of Q1, our debt gets converted at the spot rate, whereas EBITDA stays obviously at its historic rate. So over time, that's beneficial, but uh, our covenant actually went up in Q1 because the EBITDA didn't have the benefit of the low Canadian dollar, whereas our debt took the entire hurt of the lower Canadian dollar.
2: Yes, yeah, so on an LTM basis, it actually hurts us if it goes up suddenly have, have, when, you, when you get the full year of a lower change rate, then that is better. beneficial
3: for us. Understood. Thank you very much. appreciate it. Thank
2: you.
1: And your next question comes from to David Newman of Dejardin. Your line is open. Hi. Just a brief
0: follow-up here on the ultra-poor. Um, so you didn't comment on um, the demand and uh, pricing for ultra-poor in 1Q, uh, but do, what do you expect for the rest of the year? Is it still strong like what we've seen in 2019?
2: yes is there's is, is the ultimate and look is it if we want to get the, the the next because you know we look at these things the next possible upside for us is there's a whole bunch of again press in the u.s about wanting to onshore more chip makers and as some of you know is you know we have a large market share of actually ultra pure acid and if they start onshoring more ship makers, is we'd like to be their partners, provide them with uh, with the extra ultra pure acid they require. So should be good for the rest of the year.
0: Very good. Um, and for specialty chemicals on the WSSC side, uh, what do you expect for sodium nitrate and KCL for the rest of the year? We know that uh, P2S5 is going to be impacted by automotive but uh, what about the other two?
3: Those
2: guys should be pretty stable uh, from where they were, Rohit, I think.
4: Yeah, I think sodium nitrate may be down a little bit because of it. some of it goes into automotive, but it's such a small percentage that it probably goes flat.
1: Thank you very much, Dr. me.
4: Thanks.
1: I have no further questions in the queue. I turn the call back to the presenters for any closing remarks.
2: Good. Well, thank you all for joining us. For those of you that are interested is we are having our virtual AGM um, uh, on uh, Friday but I could assure you that we won't be saying anything there that you haven't heard today so uh, feel free to join us and everyone stay healthy and well and we'll see you next quarter thanks
1: and this concludes today's conference call you may now disconnect
0: Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.
1: What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation?